0: Beer Sox is brought to you by Buckle the Fuck Up, the latest Stallone film. I don't know why I'm reading this, but I am. Fuck. I'm also not wearing any pants.
1: And you're not wear- you're reading anything.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It is six thirty. We've been here for two hours. We yes. haven't laid a single word. All right.
0: Yeah, well, we did. We've laid multiple words, all of which are going
2: to be The <laughs> note going straight to my vault. Shit that I can use to blackmail you guys with when we're all like super powerful industry bigwigs. Or well, you guys might not get there because I've got that incriminating evidence. So.
1: I feel like we've made a terrible mistake. Oh horrible. This week on Beer Sucks, I'm your host, Tim. I'm here with Adam. Hello. And Brendan. How do you do? Guys, this week, uh, a little bit of a different format. Um, It's much more of a gentlemanly format. How do you do?
2: Gentleman's huzzah.
1: Huzzah. Huzzah. Uh We're just going to jam for a bit, give you a little bit of a history behind uh, who we are. That's right. We're doing a who we are.
2: We're three episodes in and we're doing a best of album. Yeah. That's slightly concerning. Oh, wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Clutching at straws for some content. What, what have you been up to, man? Like, uh, Yeah. You so, went and saw It or something?
0: Yes. I had quite possibly the most re- <laughs> stupidly relaxing weekend. I went for a massage. I fucking Because I'm a giant piece
2: of shit. Wait, did you go for a massage after you went for a float on Monday? No, that was before. So you went uh, so, for a
1: massage, and you went for a flight, uh, all in one week,
0: in one weekend. Yeah, I am a pampered bitch right now.
1: <laughs> Let me look at them fingernails. Did <laughs> you get a pedicure?
0: No, just in case I accidentally broke through paper this morning. Don't look. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. So I, yeah, I actually went and caught uh, the new movie It and Boy Howdy. It actually lived up to everything that was said about it. It was so much fun. It was so fucking scary. Like, the person that was sitting next to me jumped out of her chair twice. Like, the second time was visible hang time in the air. It was so <laughs> cool. Like, that was more funny than some of the funnier parts of the movie. And then, yeah. Is it a research, funny
1: movie?
2: Yeah, I was, I was going to ask for clarification on that.
0: All right, it's, there's a kid in there from Stranger Things, if you guys have seen that, from Netflix. No. Um, oh, no. Are you
2: fucking serious? Man. No. I, what, I, what do you do? I don't watch Twin Peaks. I don't watch oh. Stranger Things. Oh yeah. man,
0: if anybody out there has finished Twin Peaks, it's been it's We're nearly not been have two, wait 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 it's been d- nearly been two weeks oh. DM, since the end of it. DM Adam on the fucking d- fucking group DM page. Me. I want to talk some shit. What the fuck happened? You want to talk some shit? You want to talk some shit? We're not, we're not Call doing,
1: me we're not, we're not doing that We're not having that As part of the segment No
0: no no Hit me up at Hot Richard on Instagram I want to talk some <laughs> shit About Twin Peaks man <laughs> Wow Like oh, Nobody Are there, aren't there
1: like this? Whole
2: communities for that I don't think you need to do that on Yeah you I'm, on,
0: I'm on Reddit R uh, Twin Peaks Every day Of course day. you
2: are Because it's the most Hipster fucking place You could talk about
0: it No it's the only place I can find people To talk about this shit
1: Because you guys Are in a little world Of your own <laughs> Like just stay there Don't bring
0: this out Into our world man Oh man Oh that that's really interesting because it went out into a different
1: world at the end. Of oh it. my <laughs> God, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. If oh. you do like Twin Peaks, don't hit us up. Oh, ever.
0: No, please do. Uh, just put it in the subject line as, yeah, for me, and we're good to go. Uh, yeah, so I actually, yeah, went to the movie and then. And had laughed a, a lot by the sounds of it. Oh, man, there's so much funny scenes. Um, so even much funny like scenes. So much funny scene. Except yeah, you do see a uh, little boy get his arm eaten off. Uh, that wasn't quite <laughs> funny.
2: Spoiler alert.
0: <laughs> uh, you you know there's going to be some horrible shit. Apart from the yeah supposed scene that was in the book, except we're the not, film. No, no, because no. nobody <laughs> wants to talk about that. Nobody had to Stop fucking going. read that shit. Stop going
1: down there. No,
0: Stephen yeah. King went there, and I still don't fucking know why. Um, and yeah. then yeah, obviously after that needed some extra relaxation. So I went for a float, man. I went so and locked myself in an tank. I'm
2: jealous. Tank. I've actually wanted to do this for about seven years I've now. Never never done it. I've never wanted to. I've never wanted
1: to because I've got I've got very active I need stimulation, you know. I'm I'm a like borderline ADHD. So I'd be sitting in no, there. I'd be, be sitting there going, <laughs> 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 I'd be sitting in there going I'd be sitting in there going Splish splash. So i bored, bored. I'm bored. I'm bored, I'm bored. Oh,
2: know? man. <laughs> Maybe you're the kind of person that needs it the most. Then. Yeah, exactly, man. Oh, that's a drink.
1: Anyway, Brendan, did you get up into cool relaxation mode or did you just pretty much have heckers weekend?
2: Oh, it was heckin' cool. Um, look, my weekend re- <laughs> revolved around uh, oh, beer, heckin'. chilling out, uh, and the football, to yeah, be nice, honest. nice. Uh, West Coast made it through to the yes, next they did. of the finals.
1: Holy shit.
2: Uh, suck it, Salty Port fans.
1: It was a high tackle,
2: uh, even if it wasn't. so
1: oh, I mean, you slow it down, it's a high tackle. You play it in fast motion. It's definitely a
2: fucking high tackle. Whatever. <laughs> oh, man.
0: That was, Look, it, seriously. it was a
2: sloppy tackle. So whether whether the shrug was there, which clearly was, but <coughs> if you lay a fucking sloppy tackle, you deserve to get gonna, pinged. I was
1: gonna, you're going to lay a tackle like at the top of a shoulder... Yeah. What do you think's going to happen? Stick your tackle. That arm's going to... That doesn't happen. End up around the neck.
2: <laughs> fucking salty port fan. God. No, do you actually know what my favourite part was? It wasn't the when salty... When he scored the goal? No, no. Better. Better. And it's lasted for a, like, a week. It wasn't the salty port fans. It was the salty fucking Dockers fans. Of which... I know we can't... We have a few. So, suck it. Well... Not all of them. Let's, not create, of, let's a, not create a divide then. Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm down no for way, that. Man. Um it's Look, look w- there was a w- lot, w- lot of... Docker's fans who were stoked that we made it through. It was obviously the game of the round.
1: Oh, and and it was that game was. It was was so intense. It was
2: brown underpants time the whole time
0: because like if you weren't wearing the brown pants, you were afterwards because that last quarter was so
2: nail biting. It was
1: mental, man. I mean, I know what you're saying, but just for the record, I don't own any brown pants. What?
2: So that's what my weekend was. Did a little bit of barbecuing as I happen to do. Semi-regularly, I guess you'd call it
0: Yeah, and you semi-regularly send me texts Of all this fucking amazing <laughs> hot meat And I'm not eating any of it Yeah They're killing
2: me. I mean, I do that to a lot of people I'm just trying to inspire
1: It's not really inspire, inspire. It's more like No, you're just shitting me right yeah. off yeah. <laughs> Especially when you do it like when I'm at work And I'm out It's 10am yeah. in the morning The last thing I actually want to think about is Succulent meat And there you are Just What are you doing? Yeah, yeah that, uh, Check this out This is what I did on the weekend Like you've stored them up You've stored them up to send it to me Whilst we're out working
2: Yeah isn't that how you do it
1: Hey look My weekend was this
2: uh, Right He just put his uh, hands in the air Not,
1: not, not a visual thing He threw them thing.
0: up like he just did not care
1: uh, I put together a, a wardrobe um, It was pretty much Look it was one of those really great satisfaction uh, things where you can just be like, yeah, that was that was great. I'm glad I'm done with that. But seriously, I'd spent 14 hours with my hands up in the air holding about 20 kilos for 14 hours. It was pretty much hell. However, the finished product, pretty happy with it. Look, I'm going to go out on a limb
2: it. here and assume that that was an IKEA product. And I'd just like to say how much I like those because they make me feel like I'm like a super handyman when I'm not.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I had two drills going. I was like, I'm super efficient at this. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I
2: may actually get like a tradie's nail belt and fucking wear it to Ikea and be like, man. To I'm be honest, man.
1: I got quoted five grand for for a wardrobe and I was just like, not doing that. <laughs> uh, I can definitely
2: build one myself.
1: Yeah, yep. Uh, 1200 bucks, and it has fucking lights in there. Ooh. When you open the door, it's got little sensors that senses like lights and they just go, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm a little bit jealous. It's actually... I'm actually, like, pretty proud man. of it.
0: Oh, my God. You were, like, fucking two steps away from, like, spending your Saturdays sitting down taking photos of fucking trains, man, because that's the most boring thing <laughs> I've ever heard.
1: Dude, if you can save four grand on building a wardrobe, you save that shit.
2: <laughs> yeah, as somebody who's You're just starting dead to dead renovate, mind. I actually can wholeheartedly understand this. Basically, something
1: happens when when you hit 30... Uh, and then you sort of start questioning uh, what you're doing with your. Well, life. you just yeah. turn into
2: an old piece of shit, basically.
1: Yeah, basically. That's what he's like, yeah. Well, that's yeah. Okay.
0: We we've obviously hit that fork in the road because yep. I am older than you are. You've gone one way, and I've just <laughs> reverted right back. Well, yeah, well, yeah,
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, We're not saying uh, one's better than the other. It's just how it is.
1: Uh, yeah. We are drinking uh, the Guile. A fucking amazing. Guile. Five hundred yes. by Garage Project. Their strongest beer they've ever made. Fourteen percent.
2: I'm actually a little bit surprised that's the strongest beer they've ever made. For now, anyway. Like, you well, know these yeah.
1: Like. Uh, Bastard
2: yeah. in the Rye was pretty close to that.
1: I'm sure of it. Aged for a year in freshly emptied bourbon barrels. And I'm telling you, I'm getting like brown sugar, dates, and just straight up vanilla. This is a luxurious beer.
0: It's, yeah, it's also a super, super limited, like. None of these actually made it over here to Australia. So you
2: Do they lucky make five
1: hundred? Is that why it's called five hundred? Uh it's made to mark their five hundredth batch. Ah. Mm. Yeah. They've done the Nergina. Um just basically they they said this precious little left of this small batch. So that's all they really go into that. I'm not sure how many bottles there are.
2: It's a fantastic beer anyway. This, I really love some of Garage Project's bigger beers.
0: But this is, yeah, this is just absolutely stupid. It's so fucking decadent. There's a really great balance between a lot of that sweetness that you were talking about mm. and just not being like overly thin as well. Oh, body's it, fantastic. It's just, yeah.
1: What would you call this? What would a, you call this? A, a
2: big s- dumb beer and it's fucking amazing.
1: It's a big dumb brown beer. That's what it is. It's, a big, big dumb brown beer. Honestly, just just going off flavour profile. Is it life?
2: Uh, no, I'd, I'd almost go more like not that it's a thing, but like imperial scotch ale. Yeah, no, I no, totally. do you know what I mean? Like, it may sound retarded. It's life, isn't it? I don't know. I refuse to call it that because I hate that fucking group. Oh, I love the shit out of it. I
1: don't, look, it's probably a barley wine, um, yeah. but it's got massive uh, scotch ale. Maybe like Huge. even yeah. Maybe even an old ale. That kind of crosses both worlds. Yeah, actually, that's probably the Yeah, the but most. old ales
0: just don't sit up at 14%, man.
1: It's quite... There's but the, the to be honest, the style of old ale is like pretty vast, right?
0: Hmm. It is, but it only sits... You know, old ale sits from what, like 8 eight to 12, man. Ooh, uh, but that even that would like have been
1: my guess. What, what is barley wine? So, I mean, 8 to 12, that's a huge range. That's a 50% increase in alcohol. You can either be 8%... Or you can be twelve percent.
2: I mean, I have. I feel like once you're up around that mark, that's not that big of a gap. I actually think I've got that completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just throwing numbers out here. You.
1: you know, if we had Twitter, people yeah, would be if, all over that shit. <laughs> well, that's if why we, we don't, if, do it live. if we just agree to yet. it, we
2: sound smart. Yeah. Um. ABV actually is from six to nine. Surprisingly, and more. Um, Still wrong.
1: Fifty percent more alcohol. Yeah. That's freaky. Am I right? Am I right? No. I'm doing an Egyptian dance. I'm doing an Egyptian I'd dance. i really on prefer a, that you did it.
0: On a podcast. Yeah. You twat. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Anyway.
1: Yeah. So um, fantastic beer, though. Really yeah, exactly. Great beer. Uh,
0: uh, fun note, just quickly, November, we will be seeing Garage Project make their illustrious way back over to the Western Australian market. Get out. Yep. It has been said.
2: I'm actually excited. Very they do excited. some
1: fantastic beers. Why wouldn't you be excited? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because generally you're not excited about any beer, right? Yeah, well,
0: just general apathy is set in unless it's barbecue. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or just a specific set of beers, I guess. But no, I'm, I'm very <laughs> I'm very excited about the Return of Garage project. Um, I'm glad they've got some Australian representation now. Um, yeah. Have they been named? Uh, not for WA, but mm. No, there is Victorian
0: no Victorian counterpart. There's no WA state representative for the moment. There probably won't be now for potentially the next six months. That's probably
1: not a bad thing because they need to re—not re-establish—but I think supply will still be an issue for them. Yeah,
2: um, yeah exactly. So they don't need a full time. No, yeah, he's guy on the ground here
1: because they will. They, they can hit up their. They can hit up their their normal guys. You know. Yeah. So keep keep an eye out, normal guys. You'll get carriage protected in November.
2: Yeah, normal guys.
1: So there's a big push uh, to move into independence away from craft beer as a category. So the IBA, the Independent Brewers Association, has yeah, they're basically trying to push for for a realignment of the term uh, independent. I know when I go out shopping, I try and shop as independent as I can because I like to support local businesses. I'd like to know where my dollars are going. And I think that the community is sort of heading down that, that same path. Uh, and the reason why they sort of bring it to light is because it, it depends on which reports that you read. But if you go through the Australian Bureau of Statistics, they say craft beer as a sector holds 9% of the sales, right? But if you use the Independent Brewers Association, they actually account for only 3% of all total produced, of all beer produced. So that means you've got a 6% gap there that isn't being produced by independent brewers, which I think is a pretty important thing that we sort of take a step and sort of realise what independent brewers do for the industry, you know?
2: Yeah, I I think that's a pretty... I think this is the answer to the question that everybody's been talking about for a long time, is how do you define a craft brewer? Mm. Let's not. Yeah. Let's let's let the beers speak for themselves and just fucking say who's an independent brewer. As you said, a lot of people are making more conscious choices these days. A lot of people understand that independent money generally stays locally. It, it goes to yeah. families who own it, who work in it. You know, uh, companies that don't lay off 380 of their staff um, for efficiency reasons, which we'll talk we'll about later. We'll touch
1: on that. Yeah, absolutely. What a great lead-in. Um, but yeah, exactly right. Exactly. like And that's what our, our point is about... The IBA, that you know, there's what we've seen it with uh, the US craft brewers. Um, they're pushing, well, they've created their independent uh, brewer stamp, which is an upside down bottle. Which I'm
2: okay with. That. I know they've copped a lot of flack for that. <laughs> um, I, I care more about the meaning behind it, and now what they choose to do with that symbol, Absolutely. rather than what the symbol is.
0: It still is a mindset, ultimately. Like there are, there will, like there are now, and there will always be wolves and sheep's closing out there. Yeah. So. You know, it's there is a certain amount on the consumer actually to go out there and to to actually have a little bit of an understanding, but that also comes in fact to the people who are actually selling it to these people at the same time. You know, if you go, it all depends on where you go. You can go to places that have people to, who understand the beer and will be able to tailor that that you know certain experience to whoever you know is after it. But they'll be able to go, look, you know, th- you know, steer them from this is independent, this isn't give them an explanation of what's what and then send them to where they need to go.
1: Yeah, and I think it's good to keep everyone informed, you know? Yeah, yeah, so that do and I. And that's what that's basically what it's about. So, with that in mind, I'm going to hit you with some fact check. Oh wait, that was meant to be way cooler, but I didn't have anything Yeah, ready. We, had, we had no
0: reverb nah. button ready on
2: the go.
1: Well, I mean, oh, fact check's still really... We don't have one of those buttons <laughs> yet. <so>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Is that why your voice cracked like a prepubescent teenager? Uh, <laughs>
1: yes. Oh.
2: <laughs> Oh, I'm
0: sorry, sir. <laughs> so the reason why it's
1: so so important, uh so in poignant, so important, look, Toyota Brewers uh, has increased tenfold since 2006 to 2016. We started with 30. Uh, so bear in mind, we are talking about a sample size of the IBA. Uh, and then 380 in 2016. Whilst these businesses only are uh, responsible for 3%, and we're talking production volume, okay? We're not talking about, uh, sales volume. We're talking production volume, three percent, but they employ seventy three percent of all workers in the industry.
2: Wow! Okay, I didn't know that.
1: Seventy three percent.
2: That gives my argument so much more credence. Exactly.
1: Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's what I mean. You know, you're you're we're only representing three percent of a produced market, yet we employ seventy three percent of those who work in it, and they also support ninety five percent of all businesses in the sector. So, we're talking about hops, we're talking about malt, we're talking about even to the point of distribution, yep. uh, distributors and yep. logistics in, the, in, in there as well. So, you know, there's we're touching a lot of people, that sounds wrong.
2: T- I mean, it sounds good as well, but... <laughs>
1: um, we're influencing a lot of people, we're employing a lot of people. And that's, that's what I think, that is why you choose, in my opinion, an independent beer... Over a non-independent beer. So, that's the big thing for me. Like, if someone asked me, Sierra Nevada, it's not a craft beer because of their, their barrel size. Well, man, like, you can't tell me that the beers that they're producing isn't fucking craft. because yeah, that shits. beers are sick. They're Epic. Like
0: they're, they are like a family-operated business, still technically, with the Grossmans at the helm. But mm-hmm. they're
2: also still doing amazing fucking beers. They yeah. haven't sold out to make the cheapest shit they can.
0: No. Even what still, what they're doing... Um, Recently, had a chat with Charlie Bamforth at the uh, dinner here in Perth, and he was still saying regarding um, Ken Grossman that he is just an absolute stickler for um, like shelf life and 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 whatnot. So he's saying that he will go to the ends of the earth to try and eliminate whatever he can in terms of you know um, uh, in terms of you know not infection or anything because those guys don't really suffer a lot of that shit.
2: To be fair, that could be marketing spin. You know, we've dealt with a let's let's not name names, but a very significant American brewery before, who were very anti corporation, who were very in favour of controlling their distribution process so that all of their beer was fresh, mm. um, very short time codes on their beers. <laughs> Yet when they got Australian distribution, they're like, oh, hey, our beers are actually good for like three times as long. I think it was only double.
1: No, it was another nine months. uh, Yeah,
2: which is fucking ridiculous. So (laughs) do you believe in what you say or is it just you believe in what you say till the dollars come in? Or do you just believe in what you say... Because that was the best thing to say at the time. Look,
1: I think we're probably going down a hole that we can't fully explore. I'm perfectly fine with going
2: down that hole, though, because <laughs> I bought into that. As I bought into it, man, and I gave them my money, and I loved their fucking beers, and I went to their dinners, and I paid ridiculous amounts to support them, and their beers were better when they were coming over grey.
1: Hey, look, I kind of have to agree. One of my... One of my uh, not an epiphany beer, but maybe we can
2: edit that last bit out. <laughs> but I agree with the rest of the whole.
1: One of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite beers that made me go, holy shit, beer can taste like this, was a was a certain double IPA. I
2: fucking love that double. IPA. Oh my
1: yeah. god! Yeah. When yeah. that first came to Australia, yeah. I don't think anyone was fully prepared for. I don't think we'd ever ever seen anything like that before.
2: I I certainly hadn't. <clears throat> Look. You it know, was a very pinnacle moment for me, a to revelation.
0: Honest, to be honest, what you guys are actually, what you guys had then, compared to what it actually is like at the source, is completely different. So it's that's what sucks. We are in Australia, yeah. So later we'll touch on uh, regional specific beers and styles, yep. But we are at the behest of you know travel and <laughs> to being be fair, where we are. It fucking sucks. Even if we are over the other side of the country and getting them shipped from the US. That is still a decent travel time. So, going there to the source and actually having it, it the, the products are completely fucking different. Which
1: rings true, fresh is best. Um, just to give you some more information, I- in Australia, we are the highest excised in the world, which I don't think comes to any surprise. No shit. No, no, sorry. We're actually the third. I was going to say, but we're not the highest. Oh, so we're not it, the highest. Is it Norway. Uh, it's, it's somewhere in European Scandinavia. Like yeah,
0: that, yeah. I think one's Turkey, where it's actually cheaper oh, to get no, on. That doesn't sound. Or right. Turkey
1: is fourth or fifth. It's, yeah, wow, Turkey surprised okay. me. We're actually more excise than Korea, which surprised me.
0: Yeah, I, my partner was telling me she um was travelling over in Europe, and it's actually cheaper from one part of Europe to actually get on a ferry, buy a ticket to the ferry, travel out to the other, like over this river to another country buy the booze there and then get back on the ferry and go back Then that buy it actually like, in that country.
1: It sounds like some Lipzik shit. Lipzik? No. Uh,
0: is that a Twin Peaks sort of reverse no. speech thing? No. no. What, Leipzig? No, it definitely it wasn't.
1: Leipzig, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, basically... <laughs> I'm going back here's to Twin Peaks a, whenever I can. Here's okay. a rule of thumb and bear in mind this is only a rule of thumb because once you go over 4.9% uh, taxation is linear. Beyond there, you've got tax breaks at um, 3.5 percent, and even lower at 2.9 or 2.8 percent for light beers. So per standard drink, um, rule of thumb, we pay 54 cents in excise. So if you drink a a double IPA, for instance, and it's and it's 8% 8 percent or 8.8 percent in a certain sized half liter can, that sits around about three standard drinks. Um, you know you're paying a dollar, you know a dollar sixty in excise plus GST on that. So you're paying at least uh, $2, $2.50 two dollars to the government, just in tax. So, just bear that in mind. Rule of thumb, 54 cents per standard <laughs> drink. Uh, also, out of the latest IBA report, is draft beer is at 45% versus pack beer for 55%. Why is that so poignant? What was recently the controversial decision from the ACCC that tap contracts weren't stifling? Mm. Now, I kind of think... All breweries, full disclosure, want to want to produce more draft beer because it gets to people in, I think, a, in a better condition, and so do the consumers. You know, they think that it's better off tap. And don't get me wrong, it's it's better stored in a keg. You know, light strike, uh, temperature fluctuations are lower, that sort of thing, because um, it takes longer to absorb heat. It takes longer to admit heat, obviously. Um, but yeah. 45% is is through draft beer. Those were just some some poignant things. IBA, 3% of total production would employ 73% of employees. And I think that that is the biggest thing. But some recent news just came out, didn't it? About a certain fucking huge conglomerate doing the exact opposite of that.
2: Yeah, and this is a company I don't mind calling out, to be honest, due to certain business practices of theirs. Uh, so AB InBev have recently laid off, I think, it was approximately 380 of their staff. Uh, they were all the high end staff. So the high end basically look after all of AB InBev's uh, acquired craft
0: breweries. Yeah, it's pretty tough, mate. Right? That's a that's a lot of a lot of good people. Even though they are working for the devil, they're still good people. So well,
2: some of them might not have been, but
0: sold. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> look, I mean, um, it- look, look. It, it is. Depressing, and I think it's it kind of gives a little bit of uh, credence to the argument a lot of people make when they get upset about big corporations buying their favourite breweries. You know, the 380 employees from the high-end division, that's 90% of their nationwide sales force, um, which is just... Whoa. Yeah. Now, that's just for the high-end. That's not AB and Bev, who obviously... I think they employ 13,000 or...
1: But bear in mind that... Three hundred and eighty. That their high end is is representing the craft beer, theoretically representing the craft beer sector that they so, you know, hold and, and say, hey, look, we're not trying to fuck over the craft beer industry. Yeah, well, exactly, and that's
2: and that's that's the worry. Um, that's what we've all been worried about. That's that's the kind of things people have said. You know, these are the kinds of things that just happen when multinational corporations buy out your favourite local brewery. Um, but I think a lot of people have been quick to make fun of people that you know are passionate like that, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit ignorant to the real world workings of business and beer and industry. Um, but I, I guess AB InBev just try and justify it by saying they're rethinking their business model. Um, they're doing it to centre more on efficiency. But crafty That's has never been about efficiency, and ever. it's taking
1: it right out of the. So the high end, the high end group is, is the representative of the craft. Brewery, so it's it's literally the opposite of what they've been trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> which is shit. It, it, it really is shit. Um, Look to put that into perspective in in Australia, um, according according to that that data that I that I obtained, two thousand seven hundred and eighty people are employed directly in the craft beer industry in Australia through independent uh, breweries. So three hundred and eighty would be what nearly 15% of all employees just removed from the industry. Yeah, it's
2: a large chunk of people. That's so heavy. And just just done
1: for efficiency. You know, not
2: done because they're not making money. It's just because we can do this. We're not making money. We can streamline this now because we can have one sales force handle all 10 of these breweries we've now acquired.
0: Which is, when you look at the big picture of things, which is why a lot of people are really frightened about all of these buyouts. Because if this is how they're going to treat the people that are actually working within that company in the first place, what are they going to be doing to these other subsidiaries that they've just started to purchase? Yeah. It is a really scary thing. Well,
2: it's the business it's model.
0: And do,
1: do you think that we're going to start to see the breweries that they've purchased, do you think they're going to start shutting them down? Because the same thing happened in whiskey in Scotland. Yeah. They started to shut down non-performing distilleries. Far out.
2: I think it's happened in beer before
1: this as well.
0: but with, I'm p- pretty sure exactly with this same brand. Um, it's, not, it's not just something that could potentially happen. It's actually well known that there were large buyouts in the past with big beer. And it just ends up ending up in cannibalizing that product and away it goes and things just keep moving forward.
2: Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think the thing that we need to be concerned about is this is how we ended up with fucking light Lagers dominating the market in the first place after the Second World War. Yeah, people yeah. just went to all these light beers because they're the cheapest, it quickest, was cheap,
0: pop- high tax after the war, recouping yeah. money. Let's make making yeah. sure. as cheap
2: as we can, as efficient. I, I did that in quotation marks as efficient possible. slash adjuncty. We, um, <laughs> we just end up with the cheapest beers they can ever produce. Yeah. And I know all of my favourite beers. If they, if efficiency and cost were in the forethought of the beers they
1: made, I wouldn't be in craft beer. No, and and we know that they're not. Given that... The beers
2: w- that they make.
1: Well, and also given that excise, as a, as a pure example, excise above 5%, I said is linear, you know. So, it's 6%, it's a it's a linear increase. If a beer's double that, it's a linear increase. Yeah. You know, they, they're thinking about how the style represents that ABV. They're thinking about, obviously, the amount of hops. You know, you're using shitloads of hops in really good West Coast IPAs nowadays, you know. You're not just using a little bit of hops for bittering,
2: yeah, and, and that means, you know, you're obviously making less money on those, but people enjoy them so much. So that's what beer is. It's meant to be fun. It's meant to be enjoyable. You know, once you start putting cost at the forefront, it all just turns into a big piece of shit. It
0: is ter- <laughs> You know, it's, you go back through the history of beer from, you know, from its beginnings to all the way past the First and Second World War and it just, you know, it's just giant awakening of this, you know, this huge beast. Mm-hmm. And then you just see it pretty much get, fucking crumbled down to just the lowest piece of shit within 30 years. It's just, it's horrible. And you know that that
2: could potentially happen again. It could potentially happen, but hopefully it fucking doesn't. And hopefully we have producers that keep evolving and doing cool shit, like making the kinds of beers that we're going to talk about today. (laughs) Being being New England IPAs, you can't make those for as cheap as possible. And it's cool to see them going out and doing these styles of beers, evolving. Mm pushing the boundaries. I mean, I've been a bit of a a critic of New England's before I tried some really good ones. Now I'm fucking all about it. (laughs) it. Uh, um, But it's really cool. So as depressing as it can be, we've got people out there doing fucking cool shit like this. Oh, yeah.
1: Revolutionising stuff. This is probably one of the first... This is the earliest example of... uh, The latest example of a brand new style coming out into the industry, I'd say. Brand new, yeah. Oh, most definitely, yeah.
2: definitely the one that's made the most noise. Yeah, or brand brand new.
0: Brand brand mobile. new, like it's created.
1: Like, so we're not talking about gozers. It's still technically
0: yeah. an offshoot. Yeah, gozers. You know, from years and years past, yeah. where all of a sudden this is still technically now uh, the PJCP rules it, uh, the IPA specialty, but it's it's still yeah something new to a, a existing style.
2: Ma'am, look what what so I would like is. It's to see, is it actually become its own style? Just call it a New England ale or something. Call it whatever you want. It deserves to be its own style. It's so far different to traditional
1: Well, it's not know, designed traditional be, IPAs. Yeah, it's not designed to be like this... It's bitter. Bitter, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's actually pretty much one of the main uh, denominators of, of, of what an of IPA is. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> so
2: once you take that out, I think it deserves to be its own style. Um,
1: it's probably closer to an XPA. Yeah, definitely. In fact... it the oh style Yeah, by exactly so.
0: yeah. <laughs> Still Yep <laughs> <laughs> Not even there
1: Because not Not an added in Not an added in category
0: New. No. So I think we'll take just a bit of a quick break And then we'll start opening up A couple of these beauties That we've got sitting in front of us And then yep. we'll kick back onto
2: it Fucking sick Awesome
0: See you in a minute
1: Yeah, oh we're back. God. And we're back, man. You can smell this beer. And I this is like half a meter away from my nose. it smells fantastic. And this this is what happens
0: when I'm still pouring beers and Tim's like start the fucking recording. This beer <laughs> is too damn good. We need to <laughs> We need, we to, need to, to record it this live. Yeah. <laughs> no, this Let not... the boy watch.
1: <sighs> like orange and mango. Just
0: This probably isn't that entertaining all of This is is absolutely horrible uh, internet radio. So right now, what we're actually drinking is the brand new release from Modus Operandi. It is the Gadzooks IPA. Coming in at 6.3%. It's a New England style IPA brewed in the name of scientific discovery. So that is all the info that I've actually got from these. So fingers crossed I'll try and get some information out of Dennis when he comes over in the next week yeah they're coming over here aren't they they are so are
1: are they going to be over here uh, beer and beef is next weekend are they going to be over here for that the beer and
0: beef festival yeah that uh potentially both dennis and grant the uh, i think he's the owner operator will be over um luckily enough i will be getting a chance to catch up with both of those guys and really want to be able to just yeah chew the fat with dennis and try and get Get some secrets out of him. Well, for well they're beers. making some fantastic beers. Aside everything from this, that these guys are releasing right yeah. now, they are like Mugatu. It is just... <laughs> you could take a shit so and put some fucking yeah, fish hooks on it and
2: sell it to the Queen of Earrings.
1: What? That's not an <laughs> analogy at all. Yeah, it is. No, it's not.
2: Yeah. I think in Adam's world it is, so we'll just go with it. I was going to let it slide, personally.
1: We so. raised earlier uh, refrigerated transport uh, and how expensive it is. These guys exclusively operate... In the fridge world. Yeah.
0: Well, that's the jam. Like, this is where we're coming to with, with beers such as this style. So, New England IPAs are extremely volatile beers. They do have a... They hate being uh, upset. They Yeah, they have a metric ton worth of hops in them. So, a lot of excess protein, a lot of extra hops, some serious, serious dry hopping like regimes in these. So, they are really volatile. So, any sort of heat any sort of excess sort of transport or whatnot is not good for them. So um, seeing these come over, in it, like, I think this... So Gadzooks was the the older of the two that we've actually got in front of us. So the Tropical Contact High IPA was canned on the 1st of the 9th from memory. It was the 4th of the 9th. So that is, yeah, just under two weeks old. So that is as fresh as we're going to get here in Western Australia. Yeah. Uh both of these yeah, both of these cans
2: are due to who? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: What?
2: <laughs> well, I I I was actually going to bring that up, so keep talking. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So yeah, someone bring it up. Yeah, well, Cut it, me out. it needs <laughs> to be brought up. So yeah. Keep going. Um so as we were as we were talking about um these beers being super volatile being the way they are, they are extremely volatile, so um coming yeah. A Little later on, we'll probably end up chatting a bit more on that. But you know, these are the sorts of styles that um, some of the proponents of this over in the US are just trying to make region specific. Yeah. So l- l- limiting a lot of the um, the stretch of them, so you can only get them within a certain period, a certain you know certain distance, and only for a certain amount of time before they actually start. Well, to be honest, they're going to sell out anyway. So, you know, like they have extremely, extremely limited batch codes on them, like a month. Wow. So Dogs, um, Hazy Jane was one month.
1: Is that Was that the one that they did with Cloud Water? No, they, just, a,
0: they, they did it by themselves. Yeah, they just stole all of their ideas and then made their own <laughs> one. To be fair, <laughs> it fuckers. was
2: fucking fantastic. Oh, did you end up getting yeah, a try I, one? I got to try one. The um, guys down at Baby Mammoth split one with me, which was nice. awesome. Um, and Shout well, out
1: Baby Mammoth. Yeah.
2: Love those guys. Um, anyway, while, while I think, you know, because these beers are so volatile and Modus are doing a fantastic job of having a fully cold chain uh, delivered, a uh, point needs to be made that we're also paying for that. These beers are quite expensive. I mean, we're happy to pay it because we understand beer and yep. understand how good that is for the beer and the style. But, I mean, they're not fucking cheap cans.
1: But, w- yeah, I mean, like, we're, we're, we're an educated... Area And our job is to try and educate you guys, you know, letting you know why these are expensive. When you get down to it, we're not just talking about ingredients. We're not just talking about alcohol. We're talking about... Logistics at the same time. Correct. So, you look at at places
0: like Modus, everything is refrigerated transport. Um, I know specifically having worked personally with Brendan O'Sullivan from Three Ravens Brewery, the only way they were coming over here was refrigerated. Otherwise, they weren't coming at all. So... That's you know, it's a big thing. So you're looking at, you know, it's hundreds upon hundreds of dollars to send over a pallet from Melbourne and that's just a single pallet. Yeah. So, you know, that money isn't going just you know, just being cut off somewhere else. That's going into the product as it's well. It's four hundred and fifty so.
1: to five hundred dollars.
2: Closer to five hundred than hundreds and hundreds. Yeah. It's, it's
0: really yeah, close was, a ridiculous amount of money. Put it, the exact figure on there, but it is hundreds and hundreds. It's <laughs> lots. Dollars. I mean, that, that's okay.
1: adding. That's adding like depending on how big the pallet is. That's adding like an extra five you're to look, ten dollars a case. You're looking at
0: nearly double the cost of a standard pallet.
1: More than that. More than that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So look, the, it really isn't cheap. But at the end of the day, you just know by paying that extra cash, you're going to be getting the product at the best. Yeah. The this best is why. State it's gonna this be is in why. After and, and those couple of weeks.
1: Sorry. And, and look. These guys choose who stocks their beers because because they want to make sure that the beers are stored correctly at the other end as well, which yeah. you, you've got to sort of go, not you, sort of. You have to respect. Yeah, that. you've that's, got that's to. That's pretty much the
2: an- antithesis of everything we discussed earlier with certain companies trying to do everything cheaper, more streamlined, yeah. more efficient. And these guys like, fuck it, we're going to ask you to pay twelve. $14, whatever it is for a big can. However, me. this beer is fucking amazing mm-hmm. and we've looked after it and we're getting it to you as good as we can. Uh, you have to respect that, man. I'm more than happy to pay for it when the beer drinks like this. So but I bear
1: know. in mind, they're not asking you to pay that. That's just how much it costs to come in. Like, it, And that's the big thing for me. Yeah, well, that's yeah, probably a good point to make. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more about the style. Let's
0: get into it. All right, so there will be a certain amount of nerding out happening right now, so... Uh, the style itself is yeah an offshoot of just yeah, standard American IPA style. So uh, starting way back in the day, uh, I think it was 2004, was the first ever batch of Heady Topper that was made in the Alchemist brew pub. On, yeah, they were the brew pub back then, back in Vermont by John Kimmich. Um, this, his style, technically, he doesn't actually want to regard it as something that's outside of an IPA style. It's just an IPA that he makes that's incredibly late hopped and unfiltered. So it is slightly hazy, but that is what it is. Mm. And it's, yeah, absolutely fucking incredible if you can get your hands on it.
1: So what was the idea back in those early days? Two thousand, You know, we've gone back 13 years. So this is before Australian even had a that was, like, yeah, that was real grasp. Only. We didn't even have a real grasp on IPAs here. Yeah. You know? So what, what was his uh, intention... 13 years ago, uh, being unfiltered, like... Yeah, it was just to make it an incredibly balanced
0: IPA. So, you know, it's not overly bitter, but it's going to be absolutely fucking crushable. Uh, Which, you know, to be honest, when you're looking at beers such as um, Russian Rivers Pliny the Elder, again, if you put that blind in a glass for someone over over here in Australia and they just had it, they'd drink it and be like, oh, yeah, that's a good beer, but they're not going to be you know, shitting themselves over, you know, what's quite possibly one of the best beers in the world. Yeah. It is, that beer is a treat as to balance. Everything about that beer is fantastic yeah, yeah, in balance. And to be honest, that's what we got with Hetty Topper when we were lucky enough to have someone send it over recently.
2: Mm. So, Well, I wasn't that lucky, but that's all right.
0: Yeah, sorry, mate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was one of the best days of my life,
1: though. So we're seeing this unfiltered... Um, in, in Gadzix, right? Yep. So we're seeing that big haze. Um, I don't know about you guys, but what about the, the textual characteristics? You guys getting much, much, I'm I'm personally not getting a whole bunch of, of that, that chalky characteristic, which is often associated with, uh, New England.
0: Yeah. So what we, what we are thinking of right now is, um. We're looking at people actually brewing the style here in Australia mm-hmm. they're not not everyone is or you know has people that are able to send them true you know true beers to the style yeah so there's a lot of people over here just jumping on the bandwagon trying you know reading up everything about it and trying to create that just from you know reading recipes and reading things and whatnot.
1: and shit even and like look, literally Instagram photos you yeah know? they
0: may not be <laughs> they may, may not be hitting it exactly to the style but they're doing their best from what you know what information's actually available to them.
2: To be fair, we also have people that are just trying to cash in on the style, um, not doing the research and not using the correct ingredients or processes and just trying to put out a hazy hoppy beer.
0: Yeah, well you're gonna get that in most should places.
2: Should I just leave that out?
0: Oh, no, not I at am. all. Yeah just so salty. Am, but look, yes. you know, in almost in, you know, direct competition to this we also had uh, Ballast Point come out with unfiltered Sculpin. Yep, yep. Unfiltered Sculpin had a lot of pop-ays. Uh The beer we were lucky enough to get the beer over here in in Western Australia yeah. about six months ago. Beer drank fantastic. I was going to say, and it was
1: like relatively fresh too. It was it was about six weeks old from memory.
0: Yeah, from memory, it, and it was, was super fresh. It was super fresh. at The beer for, tasted, for WA that, yeah. that's <laughs> as fresh as it gets. The beer tasted fantastic, but again, it was a unfiltered West Coast IPA, and it was nothing to do with this sort of style anyway.
1: Yeah. The bitterness was was a lot higher. Um, I did actually think it had some of that chalky, but not that's associated with neepers, but more along the lines of like that astringency chalkiness that you're going to get from chewy hops, you know. I had that on tap at DTC. It was pretty fucking good. So, quick shout out
0: to the Dutch Training Co. for winning the number two two spot in in the the country.
1: I was going to say in the world, but. Which (laughs) would be a big (laughs) achievement,
0: but. (laughs) Yeah. That's, yeah, party time if it's number two in the world.
1: And look, they've done they've done pretty well.
0: Yeah, so just to quickly round out the uh, what this is because it's been so long. Uh, so these beers are very low bitterness, slight chalky mouthfeel. Apart from that, it's going to be very soft and well-rounded. It's going to have a very high tropical fruit aroma with the yeah so-called juicy notes flying through. So these are all about being crushable and just absolutely drinking. Yeah. Really, really well drinking beers. Yeah. Um so
1: Well, juicy's often thrown around as a as a different terminology for this, like people are just calling them a juicy IPA, right? Yeah.
0: So it juicy IPA is a hell of a lot easier than saying New England IPA. And people are like, Well, New England. I thought English IPAs were look kind of boring. <laughs>
2: yeah. Like, well yeah, they are <laughs> but Yeah, they kinda I think the juicy <laughs> f- the, <laughs> the the, the The willingness to adapt the juicy ipa comes down to a largely aesthetic thing which is part of what i actually don't like about the style a lot of people are trying to recreate the haze without recreating the process that creates the haze Um, i know on certain homebrew forums there were people just asking if it's juicy enough like have they added flour um things like that whereas that haze should come from the process to get these flavor profiles the flavor profile should be what's first thought of
1: absolutely the flavor profiles but i mean look for me fill me in on what what some of these processes are like what what that's, is yeah what creates the haze
2: yeah and I, I think that's that's the important part brewers have used these processes um and haze was kind of a byproduct they weren't trying to make a hazy beer yeah so what they've done is they've thrown you know heaps of whirlpool hops so you have some haze from from all the the whirlpool hops they then do what's a little bit outside of you know what's considered the norm so with the dry hopping uh brewers normally kind of wait until the fermentation process is it's complete. X amount of percent through or, or just nearing the end of yeah. fermentation because yeah. that way and we we'd always thought you know that active fermentation scrubbed off a lot of the aromas but it's actually come out what happens is if you hop during an active ferment the fermentation reacts with some of the oils in the hops and you have what's called biotransformation. Wow. Biotransformation also creates some haze. So it makes these awesome flavours, but you keep making a hazier beer. Um, so it's really cool. So there's certain oils in hops. Um, one of them's geraniol. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly.
0: Geraniol, um, linaloo, mercine, Um
2: Just
1: your general household names for... Yeah, just exactly. super standard yeah. things Things you talk about yeah. always. <laughs> <Carafiline, laughs>
0: humulene.
2: Oh. And I think one of the main ones, at least that I've read up on about, you know, in my research is geraniol um, biotransforming into citronellol. So geraniol in its more natural state, I guess you'd call it, is quite a floral aroma. Mm-hmm. But then when it reacts with the yeast, and I definitely don't know the science behind that. <laughs> however, <laughs> it does this magic thing called biotransformation. And then it turns into citronellol, which is a much more citrus driven aroma. So it goes from florally wow. to citrus just by... This, this formation, it's really fucking cool.
1: So not only does it prote- uh, produce the haze, but it also produces that juicy citrus characteristic. Speaking of
0: haze, it is an actually really controversial topic. So considering that, you know, uh, brewers of years past have done everything they can in order to make the beer as most, you know, highly clear as possible. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's just everyone is going out and just making crappy hazy beer. It's got a lot of other brewers' uh, knickers in a real twist. Um, Like for me, I think, for me and from what I've been reading, there are a lot of other people out there that just think that it's mostly about the beer itself. It's about that aroma. It's about that flavour, and that should be paramount. Uh, Where do you guys sit with this?
2: Man, I I really love it. Like I said, I had been a bit of a critic in the past, um, but that's because I didn't understand it and I hadn't tried some of these prime examples of it. I also understand why some brewers you know choose not to brew them or, or have a little bit of a negative connotation towards them um, and I think that goes back to also what I was saying before it's because people are trying to cash in on this new style that's yeah. super hot yeah you know you have people that are not mm-hmm. using the correct yeasts um, that are purposefully putting in flour to mimic the haze so instead of doing these processes that create this awesome beer then they're, they're trying to create the end product and just make an IPA along the way. Albeit a super low bitterness IPA.
1: So, you know, you would you would say that the, the brewers are still trying to... Themselves are trying to suss out the style. Um, because, like you mentioned earlier, is that these are regionally specific... Effectively, yeah. regionally specific beers. So, it's very, Sorry. very hard to get a great example without actually travelling over there, understanding it and bringing that knowledge back.
0: So, yeah, in terms of being regionally specific, I think that we... I think it should be a really good conversation for especially for Australia being where we are in you know where we are in the world being so fucking removed from everyone else. Um, we do get a lot of beers sent over to here that are quite long in code. Um, these beers cannot stand that. I've had yeah. uh, I've recently had a few, a few beers sent over from Europe one of them being a Twin Peaks beer that was a hazy. My oh, man. God. Yeah, every chance I get. Please don't. We're back to the Red Room. <laughs> yeah. Fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's not a thing, man. Yeah, it is, man. It's it, not a thing. The man from another place. No. Yeah. No. I'm rubbing my not hands.
1: Not doing it.
0: Uh, look, yeah. uh, so those beers uh, you know, being sent over, they were roughly around six to seven weeks old and they tasted fantastic. But at the end of the day, they the aroma had dropped off Even in such a beer like this, it's dropped off just a touch Mm. and it's quite noticeable when the beer is just not what it should be. Um,
1: Seven weeks for for a beer like this is like a lifetime.
2: Yeah. No, I think what's a lifetime was the first beer we had tonight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're we're not going to name names on that one. Definitely not.
2: But it was closer to seven months old, we believe, and we uh, drain poured it.
0: Yeah, that's my fault. I had... Also been out all day. I'd been on a float, so life was fucking fantastic. And I'm like, Ooh, so look. you
2: thought I'll give this a chance? You're like, I'll just buy this.
0: I yeah, that's my fault. I didn't check the code. <laughs> <sighs>
2: I don't. I even I know this stuff, man. I generally don't check codes. So I just buy beer. What?
0: Yeah. I I I'm very. I'm usually very nitpicky. Uh, but after, yeah, travelling across the astral plane, I've obviously completely had a mind fucked. Just grab whatever. Yep. Just went, like, yep. oh man, that's going to do. Hey, hey. It happens
1: to all of us. Yeah. It happens well, to all of us. At the end of the day. I mean, unless you're Tim in New Zealand and you don't drink any IPA under four weeks old, but whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but you just swap shirts with man with the smallest nipples in the brewing community.
1: With uh, the man with one of the biggest nipples in the brewing community. Dishplate plate. Old 50 cent nip, Tim.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tim. Um, yeah. So. Um,
1: Did we just st- crack another beer?
0: W- yes, we have. So, uh, straying oh, well, You from, don't
1: think that was audible?
0: No, obviously <laughs> not. So, yeah, it's straying from the recent modus operandi release. We're actually going back to another modus operandi release, which what I've been calling completely wrong for the past week. I've been calling it THC. Yeah, it's not. It is Tropical Contact High. I thought it was a weed joke, and it turns out that I was the joke out of all of this. Yeah. So this is the Tropical Contact High IPA. This is the freshest New England IPA that's hit us over here, apart from potentially extra juicy, which is about to land any day, which was canned last Thursday. Uh,
1: Hashtag three ravens.
0: Yep. Uh, This is a hazy New England style IPA brewed with Chinook Galaxy, Amarillo and Motoica hops with notes of fresh pineapple, tropical fruits, put this fruit salad in a beer glass, which is very interesting that they're telling you to put it in a glass compared to some of the other guys over in the US that are just drink straight from the can.
2: Yeah, and I don't understand that, to be honest. Yeah.
0: So, um, John Kimmich, again, I'm going to go back and just keep talking about John Kimmich because I just
2: love saying Kimmich. I think you've got a bit of a man crush and that's okay. Hey, man
0: dude is dude is fucking awesome to be honest though. <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> to be honest yeah <laughs> he, yeah he's he stated that uh, as soon as the beer is left the can, what's happening is you're pouring it into a glass and the co2 is going to be pushing out that volatile aroma yeah and he wants to try and keep that in and I'm like oh, like for me if I'm thinking about that with a standard can it just doesn't really make a lot of sense because if we had if this was a lid ripper, where you could pull the whole top off the can. Yeah. You're getting your beak in there at the same time. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm definitely not getting my
2: nose in one of those things, but <laughs> that's all right. Oh, man. Look, in,
1: in a whole lid off. Yeah. What?
0: If somebody it's if somebody up. out there is suffering with a Bill Laurie beak, you're not going to be getting your nose <laughs> in a colonial can. Yeah. So no. just, yeah, put it in a glass put and then deal glass. with it. Put it in a
1: glass. I mean, now that I look at you. Yeah, it makes sense. I had no idea. Really? I had no idea.
0: I, I don't think it's much of a beak. I mean, you certainly know Ibis.
1: Oh, it's a
2: bit of a honker. Anywho, sorry. <laughs>
0: Goodness me. <laughs> I think
2: I've been the shittest tonight. I apologise. Uh, so,
0: uh, what do you guys, uh, uh, what do you guys' thoughts between the Gadzooks and the Tropical Contact High so far?
1: Look, man, I'm getting like loads of pineapple. And it, the Gadzooks, I had heaps of mango. This is pineapple. And again, it's that, shit, I'm going to say it again, orange juice characteristic to it as well. It's, Super tropical, like super tropical. Oh, I, I jam on this, and I've I've had these two beers before. Last time you you and I were together, and I still loved it. Um, I'm clearly against the norm. Yeah, I think I, you are.
2: I'm actually enjoying it more tonight, though. I think that's it's a little bit bigger, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, six In point, terms, six terms six terms point eight. ABV. Yeah, I, and I'm enjoying that that feature to it tonight. It's just making it a bit more punchy. I'm enjoying it. Whereas the Gadzooks was just so crushable, I could have inhaled that whole
1: can. I feel like this is a lot higher in IBUs as well. And that's probably what I'm also going... Yeah, same. It's probably what I'm enjoying too at the moment. Balancing out. um, But look, I know that we've harped on about Modus because these are the two examples we've got in front of us. Biggie Juice has been (laughs) brewed twice now by Feral, which is a really good example. Um, You know, if you do have it or you see it around on, on draft, it's... Fucking epic. And then we've just had uh Chur come over here with their lid ripper. Funnily enough. yeah, Which is fantastic.
0: Hazy. Yeah. Little hazy lid ripper.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> again, that's really fucking good. Uh I'm gonna rub this in. I did have that uh a week and a half old in New Zealand and it was epic. It was Pardon the I pun. I had it a week ago and it was fucking epic, so <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah. It. I had that on like the second or first night I was in New Zealand. I was like, oh, "Great decision, Tim." Yeah, look, I know. I'm. I don't want to be the
0: yeah, someone to just to shit on everyone's dreams. But just after having this, I'm just still not feeling it on the mouthfeel. Um, it's not to say that it is a bad beer, Like it's just in terms of the beers that we've actually had from, from overseas. Um, you know, from the the heady that's been sent. Uh, we also. Lucky enough to have a green from uh, Treehouse come over. I think the um, these are. It, I think it's. It sounds a little a little weird, but they're just a little too wet. If you know what I mean, like there is a um, there's a water like uh, water mineral that you add too much of that will actually you know enhance the uh, yeah the sort of sense of wetness rather than you know being dry or whatnot.
1: Is you it know? water? <laughs> water. <The> essence, <laughs> essence
0: of wetness. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Merman.
2: Yeah. yeah. Merman, pop. And I think that's a really important point to talk about when it comes to these it's, beers, you know, the mouth- water chemistry is quite different to normal IPAs. Yeah, mouth
0: yeah, in in order to try and achieve mouthfeel softness, you're going a complete different direction in terms mm. of water chemistry for these um which, you know, it's, as as a standard you you're not you know adding in some of the, not, not you know adding in some of them, you always have you know, like, yeah, sulfates and chlorides and whatnot in there, but it's just getting that certain balance in order to be able to create that, like, dry, semi-chalky... Well, they often talk about hardness. Yeah, like, these beers aren't... Like, they drink like they finish quite high in gravity, Yeah, but they really don't. So, Treehouse Julius finishes at a gravity of 10.7, which is fucking low. Yeah. But that beer drinks like a very full-rounded mouthfeel. Know, even though it is fucking dry as a bone. Yep. Mm. Yep. So I think we do have a little ways to go, but right now the beers that are being produced are in their right absolutely fucking incredible.
1: So um, what's your favourite uh, NEPA style out in the moment, uh, out in the moment, out in the trade um, that you've had that's been currently produced by an Australian producer?
0: Uh, the first batch of Juicy from Three Ravens that we'd got keg release only. That was uh, that was set, I think that was sent over late last year, so it was October November. That beer was absolutely incredible. I can remember that. That was that really was. I think the mouthfeel on that was absolutely perfect. Um, the only problem with that was that it uh, it did clear up after a while. Yeah, that was. But that was also. You know, a while is you know we're talking about two months when you know this beer is supposed to be drunk within the month. So look, that I think the yeah the three Ravens juicy the first batch was my favourite of the style from from Australia so far. Yeah. Um, I haven't had what's uh, well known as being one of the best, which was the Backus the Jaff. If any of you guys have, because from I what I've heard, known. that is just oh. very, very, very good.
1: I've only ever seen bits and pieces of it in WA, in fact. In fact, I've only actually ever seen it at one store, which had it for like an hour.
2: Yeah, it would have gone quick.
1: Yeah. Um. So, no, I have never tried it. Brendo?
2: No, I haven't. No. and th- I mean, there's, there's multiple ones on the East Coast I definitely want to get into. Uh, you know, the Hop Nation Jedi Juice is one that people seem to be frothing over. Yeah. yeah. So any people over on the East Coast that want to send us beers, please include that in that package. I'll give you my address. I don't mind.
1: Hit us up on the beer sucks network at Gmail. Um, but also, you
2: know, there's the Akash and Lupin fog that I didn't get to try at Gabs I because did. there was just so much beer, but I believe I did. you did, yeah. I yeah.
0: did. That beer was absolutely fantastic. So the one thing that we really did want to talk about, or I wanted to talk about with in terms of these. But we've just sort of sidetracked was the yeast. So using the specific tile like style of yeast for mm. these beers is really, really big. So it's I super know important. It's super important. I um I'd actually had a chance to to brew a beer with a a brewery down south in order to, you know, try and make one of these styles, except that we had what was known as nearly uh just over ninety percent mash efficiency and ended up being a double IPA. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk about that another time. Um but we both us and Akasha did use the same yeast for for these beers. Yeah. So it is very true to the style. It is an ex English yeast from from memory. It is quite ester Ford, so it does push out a bit of a uh, bit of peach. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's low flocculation. Uh, it's mid to low flocculation and it's mid attenuation. So it hits all of those like benchmarks for the New England IPA style.
2: And that's super important characters to know. And that goes back to using these ingredients to create a flavour profile and the haze is just kind of secondary. You know, you're using a lower lower flocculating yeast, um, which obviously leaves some haze that that will drop out. Mm. Um, And I've heard that argument made for some of the guys who are like, oh, you have to drink this from the can, um, because if they haven't, you know, dry hopped heavily or they haven't done active dry hop and they've just used an English strain, which is lower flocculating, that's going to settle out. You, you give that some time in the fridge, it's going to settle out. If you pour it off, then it comes out clear, and people are like, hey, man, that's not my hazy IPA.
1: So is this a common thing amongst hazy IPAs or, or New England IPAs that people are saying drink them from the can? I, I,
2: no, I wouldn't call it popular. It's just that there's some really popular ones that say it, It's or like maybe one of the most popular mm-hmm. ones that say it.
0: There are, there are pretty much predominantly being produced in cans. Uh, Hill Farmstead produces in bottle, uh, but it, pretty much everyone else is all canned.
2: But nobody else is saying to drink or I was, was going to say, yeah, like to drink, drink directly from, directly from, from, can. from the
0: can. No, that's uh, Heady. It's Heady and Focal Banger. <gasps> I don't think Focal Bangers should be considered under that anyway.
1: But They're I mean, heady when Heady like. has been produced since 2004, 2011,
0: in the can. Well, okay. Yeah, Ooh.
1: after
0: Hurricane Irene. <laughs> yeah. So they. Yeah, they lost their brew pub and had a a production brewery down the road that didn't get hit, and from then started producing cans. So it's only been in can for six years. Oh, is that all? But Yeah, you wouldn't know it because you just can't find it.
2: Yeah, Yeah. just a couple of days. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's awesome. I think we've covered quite a bit about it. Did you want to tell us a little bit about brewing them? I know you're pretty keen on brewing them.
0: I... I am. I've only, I've only brewed two, uh, both of which were brewed with Britannomyces. So, ultimately, I'm putting myself on the back foot because uh, Britannomyces is not going to be producing
2: geraniol. Yeah, and it's not so, not so far geraniole. out of the normal style. Yeah, I was no. like
1: <laughs> you, we literally just talked about um, how much yeast was a big flavour <laughs> uh, <player> in it.
2: <laughs> Sorry, no.
0: Uh, I actually said geraniol, which is from the hops. Um, it doesn't produce uh, glycerol, so... You know, glycerol is a big proponent for mouthfeel and uh, I've pretty much just shot myself in the foot by using yeah, Britannomyces. But the reason being I've I've had I've had some a lot of beers that have used really, really heavy dry hop. Yep. And I do see some of them just becoming a little too much and being a little too grassy and whatnot. So either using, you know, the wrong combination of hops or whatnot. So I've tried to use Esther Ford. So, utilizing Britanomyces clausenii, you are going to be getting a really big fucking uh, like pineapple lemon sherbet that's going to be pushed out of that. Yep. So, utilizing less dry hop, utilizing enough in order to keep that haze, well, by double dry hopping. So, yep. at uh, high krausen at two days, and then also taking that out and putting another in for two days um, just afterwards. Um, the beer ended up being super hazy, but because of yeah the lack of glycerol, the body was. Yeah, quite thin.
2: Yeah, I actually tried that beer as well, um, or at least one variation. I'm not which, sure which one.
0: Uh, you had the Clauseni because the first was with um, Sack Brux. Yeah, no, the Clauseni was, still,
2: was yeah. fucking fantastic. And I mean, you obviously did 100% Brett Ferment on it, so yeah. the funk was super low. Tropical Fruits were super high. I think it complemented the beer, like, really well. Um, That's good if you drank about 30 of them. Well, yeah, it was delicious. That's why I drank, like, 30 of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it, it, and it is interesting, and I think, you know, that's the really cool thing about this style. It's not all locked down, but there's certain there's the flavor profile there that needs to be achieved. I think, and there's different ways of achieving that. And I know, um, we both had in a conversation with uh, Joshua from over in Forpure in the UK, who yeah. said they don't use one of the standard yeasts in their beer, but they're achieving that flavor profile through that heavy dry hop and another of um other. Means so yeah. it, it's really interesting to see how people are doing it, it and yeah. I guess that just contradicts so much for what we said. It, but it,
0: it really does. Um, I, yeah, traditionally at home only do use wild yeast because I've just inoculated all of my shit. So yeah, I've luckily enough got another place that I can do clean beers at. So it's <laughs> like, well, if I'm going to try it, I may as well give it a go. Because what am I going to infect?
2: Yeah, it's already done. Yeah, that that was. Fucking fantastic beer, though, man. I really dug it. Yeah, thanks.
1: It was really good. Super peachy. It was just ah,
0: tropical, overripe. That was also uh, dry hopped with the new Bintani uh, hop fortnight. Oh, which everybody's everybody at the is just peeling it back to that. And I haven't seen a great
1: deal out there yet in in many in examples. Trade, yeah,
0: in trade in home brewing circles, everybody is just absolutely frothing at the mouth over that right now. It's a fantastic blend.
1: Uh, Guys, um, I've had a great time.
2: I've had a fantastic time. We talked some shit, drank some awesome beers. Yeah, it's been fantastic.
0: Uh, We've gone well over time, I think, today, uh, even in just the standard
2: recording. Not once I had all this shit out. (laughs) out.
1: We've we've got a a great lineup of guests coming up. I think it's just good to have a, a relaxing time with us, you know?
2: Yeah, see if we can do it. Shut up, guys. You totally think it was great.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right, that's it for another week of Beer Sucks, guys. Thank you very much for listening to an hour of our complete bullshit. That's it for another week of Beer Sucks. I'm Adam. Across from me, I've got Brendan. Love you. And Tim. See ya. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, If you're very keen on what we do, follow us on Facebook, Instagram. We're also on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. Follow us where you can. Hit us up with any questions or whatnot. And yeah, we'll catch you soon.
2: Cheers, guys.
1: Bye.
0: follow us on Facebook, Instagram. We're also on SoundCloud, Stitcher and iTunes. Follow us where you can. Hit us up with any questions or whatnot. And yeah, we'll catch
2: you soon. Cheers, guys. Bye.